1: Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. Here is your host, Derek Pearson. Presented by Beatrice Bakery on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
2: Welcome to a special edition of One on One on a Saturday. a snowy Saturday, so yes, we're live. You guys understand that. 42464 Five six eight five uh, to go through this thing um, Monday. Of course, is Martin Luther King's uh, birthday, and the celebration uh, that goes around uh, the state, the country, and here in Lincoln. As a part of that, the annual Martin Luther King Youth Rally will take place, and we've brought in look, <laughs> look, <laughs> he's a builder. Of, 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 of spirits, young spirits. He's a director of young spirits. Uh, he's a shareholder of, of, of responsibility and access and, and uh, direction of young people. So let's bring in Peter Ferguson. Peter, thank you for doing this this morning. Uh, I am excited about what, what you have been efforting. Uh, I know it's a labor of love for you guys to put this thing together. So the least we could do is give you amplification. How are you this no, morning? No,
1: doing well. And uh, first off, I just appreciate being oppor- being offered the opportunity to have the space and um, appreciate what you all do. And And just like I said, you – being a part of our mission, just investing in that, and you'll hear a little bit more about that, but that's just promoting positive youth action, and, and that's really what this is about. It's not it's not about an old guy up here, but I'm the one who was able to get up and didn't want to have to come back with mom <laughs> driving through the weather and what that was going to look like. So right. so they say I have a face for radio, so that's what you get. You get me today.
2: Look, if you got the face for radio, we're all done. <laughs> like, we all done. We all need to stop. We all need to go on uh, and get it
1: in. Peter, give folks a little bit of your history. Yeah, you know, the the long and short of it is uh, I'm, a, a, I'm a product, and I'm always going to give credit to my my mother and father, uh, Howard Ferguson and Alita Ferguson. Um, Alita is, uh, you know, I, I never got to call her Alita and Howard. It was sir and ma'am. Uh, my dad was 25 years military, born in Nacogdoches, Texas, so right by Tyler, Texas, so mm-hmm. knowing the sports. Um, the Tyler, you know, Rose. The Tyler Rose. <laughs> Tyler Rose, without question, and uh, just – had, had some opportunities, but also as a, as a young black male um, in a family with a desire to learn, uh, opportunities were somewhat limited, so pursued those in the military. My mom, Alita Ferguson, was born in Compton, California, and a 40-year educator, and she was no joke you know all five something of her was no joke and so give credit so they we moved around quite a bit i was born in pittsburgh lived in washington state new mexico and i claim coming from arizona because that's where they brought me kicking and screaming from right. um i always say it was like the black griswolds I, <laughs> they, they strapped me on the car and i did not want to come they right. were like we're going to nebraska right. i was like you're going i'm a grown man at all at 13 14 <laughs> pounding my chest and then got put in some sort of submission hold right. and, um ended up ended up here but but been here, went to most of junior high, and then also went to high school here over at East High School, and then actually had the opportunity, I'm repping today, I know you always wear the Husker That's stuff, it, but I had to represent for the NAIA brothers no, out there. So, no. you know, uh, went to Hast- had the opportunity to go to Hastings College, play for uh, Coach Mike Trader, and, and honestly went to school there, and earned, proud I earned an academic degree, so after that, just got into a nonprofit field, actually worked for radio for a year, selling advertising, but my niche was really working with young people. And so I had some fortunate mentors in my life, Julie Cervantes-Solomon, who at Big Brothers Big Sisters gave me an opportunity to work there, worked at Leadership Lincoln um, under Dean Finnegan, Elevated vice President, and oversaw their youth uh, programming, but also became involved with the adult side of things as well and then have been at Lincoln public schools for the last 13 years. So have that wife, Stephanie Emery. Um, she is, she says she's been raising two kids cause I have a daughter who's 21 that's um, at Northwest Missouri state and uberly proud of both of them. Wife's an educator. And then uh, my daughter is just a individual that, like I said, I can't say enough just proud of her, but also has just as much as I've invested in her, she's invested in me and and so that's really uh the story uh, again, I like to say I'm a youth developer. My three words are I try to empower, I try to educate, and I try to engage and that mirrors the the components of of the the honoring and celebration of the rally in march through through
2: all of that um you the three words that you use somehow end up in your actions and that not everybody's consistent in that how do you manage to stay connected to young people in an authentic way
1: yeah you know in a in a lot of ways i think a lot of people will say you're a big scholar and i don't use the word kid or friends or kiddo and so you'll you'll hear me I, i try not to but you know they they're having the opportunity and doing some things that i did but I didn't even realize we're there, and, and I don't blame parents, I don't blame educators. I honestly they, some of those things were right in front of me, and I just didn't you know grasp them. And so I'll be straightforward, especially for our black and brown scholars, you know which which I represent. I want them to tap into everything possible. i I, I you know I, I think I get empowered every day by a young person. And I think sometimes we wait for individuals to be elders and, to, I say elders, but seasoned, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And, and I want scholars to be so empowered that at second grade, third grade, or fourth grade, they believe they can have their name on a school building. You know, I, we can get educated every day. I think in this last week, you know, some of my most, the moments that I'm taking away the most that I'm just like, whoa, is it came from an 11-year-old. It came from an 11-year-old. And that's not just being around. I and mean, like you just have to listen. And and I think engaging. I think that's something that I get annoyed as much as the next person. Really. I mean, people don't understand. I am an introvert. I like my alone time. I will go to movies by myself. That was the thing that my wife was just like, I can't believe. Like, so they're like, you, dude, he likes being alone. Like he he is fine doing stuff on his own. But. I feel the importance is, and the thing that we miss is we we lack the oppor- we lack the time of engaging individuals. And you you're you're masterful at that. Um, you engaged me at the Inspire Awards or event that mm-hmm. was um, honoring, you know, females and women within this community. And the fact that if you don't take that opportunity to step to somebody, hand me your business card, and just say, "Hey, how are you doing?" then you're going to miss opportunities. And Dr. King and J- Congressman L- Late Lewis and, and Dr. Leola Bullock and Dr. Jake Kirkland, I've always had individuals in my life who've taken the time to engage me. And, and I feel like that's a responsibility that I have to give back. And, and it's not just with young people. If you know, It's amazing how many people can do that with adults. And then you'll ask them, hey, can you come present with these young people and share this information? And they, they freak out. They're like, you know, you'll get the email and, oh, is the presentation okay? I haven't done this in so long. And I'm like, what are you afraid? Of? Like, what are you afraid of? Like, and and I and, and people are like, well, you just, it's so natural for you. No, I'm just as uncomfortable and I say stupid stuff just like the next person. And those individuals, those young people, if they were here today, that's probably why I told them the wrong time. No. But they'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> they'll call you on it. They'll call you on it. Like, Pete, please don't. Like, that didn't make any sense. But. But they're engaged in a way that um, is so special and it's so fulfilling. And and um, you know, I I'm not perfect at it. I, I, you know, people say, "Well, you're modeling it." You know, I'm not perfect at it, but it's it's something that I really truly want to strive to to to, to be proficient at.
2: I brought that up because you've managed to take this this event. And again, it's an annual event. Usually, it's a rally. Um, there's a march that's attached to it this year, but due to circumstance, that won't that won't happen. It'll be all virtual. But to get young people to move mm-hmm. together in a positive direction for anything requires mastery. And you've managed to get this group of young people to go, right. like to participate, work. So let's go through the process. Right. Talk about the the rally itself and its history. Where does it? Wh- its beginnings and what you want it to be going forward
1: well the foundation you mentioned earlier doctor the late dr leola bullock uh, all the credit has to go to her and if you don't know who she is you can um, get on the journal star just um, type in type in her name and just take a moment i mean as we talk about doc reverend dr king there are so many things and I have to acknowledge today is his actual birthday. Yep, so he's 93 years old today. So January 15th, is his actual birthday, the third Monday is when we honor and celebrate it. But Dr. Leola Bullock was a local civil rights and I just, shiro, not just a hero. She was a shiro, okay. And to, to, to her credit, she understood that there was going to be a time that she wasn't going to be around that my mom, Mrs. Ferguson, wasn't going to be around. Colonel Paul Adams, who was a Tuskegee Airman that worked in the schools here in Lincoln Public Schools and, you know, was not going to be around. And so we talk about steps and it's not just who are going to take those next steps, but who can we walk together with to ensure that Dr. King's dreams. And it's important. It's not just a dream. You know, you will hear that speech played over and over again in classrooms during the day of and this, that and the other. He didn't just have one dream. There were dreams that he and others had, his parents had for him, he had for his children, and so she just, you know, she put that call out. And if you know, you know, they officially called Mama Bullock. Mama Bullock puts a call out. You know, you heed that, you heed that call. And it wasn't a text message. So those kids, it wasn't on TikTok. It wasn't hey, it was Instagram. Hey, hey. It was you're in church, and she's, we're gonna do this and make it happen. So she had individuals like Dr. Jake Kirkland. Um, junior, who, um, again, used to work at the university, is uh, phenomenal, been a mentor of mine. Uh, Mrs. Mays, uh, you know, Mrs. Mays, her son, Brian Mays, and I went to high school together. And Mrs. Stokes, uh, Mrs. Stokes' son is Eric Stokes, who played for the for the Huskers in mm-hmm. um, a couple of the championship runs. And, and they came together, and they had connections. Mrs. Mays and Mrs. Stokes worked in schools. And they started gathering young people and put this – Put this foundation, as Dr. King talked about, a blueprint, you know, had this blueprint and started putting, you know, a solid, sound blueprint together. And they met at Newman Church over there by the Malone Center weekly, didn't have, you know, a bunch of resources, but they put pieces together. They, you know, they, they were saying, you know, on that day, they were going to go to the county city building and just, or, you know, do speeches. Maybe some somebody was gonna sing. Johansi Christie, as, as I recall, as I was told, because I wasn't, I was still in college, gave the "I Have a Dream" speech, and, and and he's now the the city attorney. Just crushed it, and so from that, every year scholars came together, and and I remember it was about the fourth year. I I was just graduating from college. I just happened on the meeting, so I would come and um, assist, and I remember. After that, they took me to lunch at TGI Friday's, right over here, it's no longer, I think it may have been right in this spot. Mm. And they duped me, and I remember she, they took a box, put it up on the table, and they said, it's yours. It's yours, that's it, it's yours. And I was like, what's it? And it was the box with all the flyers and folders of the rally in March, and when your seasoned elders tell you something is yours, I was I was honored in a way, I was scared in a way, but um, I I was thankful and appreciative that they would trust me um, with facilitating. So for the last 24 years, 23 years, I've been the adult advisor uh, for the rally, and, and it starts. You know it started in August it's become year-round but August you know October scholars we start meeting on Sundays Um, it's open to anybody it's a community experience Uh, we say anybody can do an event but we want to make sure it's an experience for individuals so it lasts past that day and we've had individuals as young as first grade on up to to high school that come and participate and it's scholars from Lincoln Public Schools, we've had individuals from Norris, Pius, uh, Raymond Central. Um, this year we have a young lady that's singing from Omaha Central. Really wanted it to provide a space that if it's not offered for you within your community, we have no bounds. We want you to come. And And they meet regularly from 6 to 8. We do educational pieces. We learn about the Birmingham Children's March, the importance that any movement that started that young people are a part of that. And we um, go through uh, that process and then we start developing some of the parts. Uh, there's things that come to my mind maybe in June or or January after the rally that we start, you know, maybe putting forward and seeing if that's theirs, if that's something they would be interested in. But it's a wholly developed youth rally in March and so they get ultimate say in th- that content, um, the structure. I do the massaging. I'm making sure the programming side of things. It's kind of like what my coach said. I get I get the decisions and things that don't really matter.
2: <laughs> through through all of that, where are you finding these
1: exceptional young people? You know, it's it's a variety. Uh, I think at the beginning, I you know, I'm obviously working with young people, and so there are times. You know, I remember seeing an individual like Asia Fleming, and we did a just a friendly basketball game with her in third grade, and this young lady just. The way she carried herself on the floor, I just said, "Man, there's something special about it. like you. This is this is gonna be this is gonna be out of the park." And so asked her, and I remember at fourth grade she gave the keynote, and to this day it's probably one of the top five. I mean, standing ovation as a fourth grader, and you look at she did not look like a fourth grader. As a fourth grader, brought the house down. There's other individuals where you look at Trey Anderson. Mom was, you know, was like, oh, you know, I would love my son to be involved. Boom. There's Brittany, Brittany Hodges. You know, again, you ask how I find them. It's, I get the opportunity to be around young people. So I do see different sparks, different talents. And it's not just about if they're able to speak. It's more about, you know, some of those other things. You know, how are they empowering individuals? Do they need to be empowered? Are they, you know, did they educate me in some way? You know, are they engaging? And again, it's not that they're the most outgoing individuals. We have some of the most introverted people that you'll ever ever meet, but this is a this is something that they're invested in, and I don't need them to know everything about the civil rights movement mm. or dr. King. They just have an in, have to have an interest in this, and sometimes it's just an interest in okay, we have pizza and we have cookies, But after three or four weeks, to be honest, when you get them in here, they're articulating about you know how. You know, Sylvia Mendez impacted the civil rights movement in California.
2: Is, do you find yourself being the, the bridge to that information, like the connector of the people who have been a part of this program, been a part of this march, this rally, and sharing why it's important
1: to these young people? Because,
2: yeah, they will carry it for
1: Yeah. You know, I think, you know, one of the the answers, sometimes we have peers recommend, say, hey, you know, can this person be a part of the rally? And that's like, that does your heart well. Or they say, I came and I watched and I just like, I wanted to be a part of this. And so, you know, as far as being the bridge, there's so many people. Like, I think about, like, an Eva Soul. I think about an Emily Koopman. I think about my daughter who sat at the table. Like, as long as they're at the table, my daughter did it for nine, ten years. You know, it, when, as long as they're at the table, they serve as that connector as well. It can't just be Pete. You know, it, just can't, it can't just be Dr. Kirkland. It has to be, you know, it might be a classroom teacher. Bobby Ehrlich at, over at Belmont Elementary with her fifth grade class. She serves as a connector. You know, we need a Sherilyn Bullock serves as a connector.
2: Is it, is it, is it boundaried by Lincoln? Do you connect to others, even yeah. a, a shared references?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think we make sure that individuals understand that, you know, Lincoln's our core, mm-hmm. but we've talked about, you know, situations in Bellevue. They need to know about the Omaha riots. You know, they need to understand that Dr. King did not just speak in Selma. You know, he spoke in Wisconsin. He spoke here in Lincoln, Nebraska at Pershing Auditorium.
2: See, I do want to – that's that's the the little linchpin. We're talking to Peter Ferguson. uh, Monday's youth rally, um, and we'll go deeper into what Mm -hmm. the rally is going to be, but the historical storytelling is mandatory. It's mandatory to share Lincoln's connection to civil rights martin luther king himself please tell the story you were telling us before the show that i mean he was here there are people here that were connected to it please tell share that story
1: yeah you know and if you don't know it i mean it's 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 part of his i mean i think it's the thing that we should have every one of our newscasts talk about that day of but uh he came and he spoke at pershing auditorium and Pershing, obviously, is in the news, it's <laughs> gonna be a library or a skating rink right. or your your next home, your right. condominium, whatever right. it might right. be, but uh, when he when he came, Albert Maxey, uh, who is a art, local artist here, was a longtime uh, police officer, was actually, at that time, was the only black police officer on the force, and to go back a little bit for Mr. Maxey's story, which is extremely powerful, he played basketball at the University of Nebraska, before that, he was one of the he played with Oscar Robertson. So I know you, your your listener base that, is, yeah, that, that is, is, he, is that is, who's your story yeah, is yeah, the one they yeah you're gonna lose you're gonna lose your sports card if you right. do not know who Oscar Robertson is. And he played with Oscar Robertson, and actually, Mr. Maxey was on the first team that won first team of all black athletes that won a high school state championship mm-hmm. in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so he came here, played basketball for Nebraska and became a police officer. Dr. King came, Dr. King made the request and said, I want, for, for my safety, my trust, I want a, a black officer, you know, in my detail. Well, LPD only had one, and it was Mr. Maxey. So Mr. Maxey, for Dr. King's time, was Dr. King's security detail. And he speaks to the conversations he had, and I'm not gonna do it justice, and so I I, I won't even try, But to understand Mr. Maxey, who's down in the Haymarket, Burke Holder Project, does art, you know, a a phenomenal individual, is part of that. Like people think this was 200 years ago. Like 19th, like that wasn't that long ago. And you have somebody here that you could sit and have a conversation with and he could tell you what Dr. King sounded like. He could tell you how he walked he could tell you who was around him. That's powerful, but that's not, gonna, that's not gonna be the case for very much longer. So I think people think, again, people think it's Selma, and people think it's you know Alabama and Memphis and, and all the things they see on the movies, and it happens in LA, but the bottom line is, if you didn't realize in the last two years on our streets that it's about Lincoln, Nebraska, It was about Lincoln, Nebraska in in 1960.
2: Important enough that Martin Luther King came here to present. Well, exactly. To
1: be a presence
2: here. Exactly. There wasn't, you know, (laughs) just let that marinate for a second. As people think about Lincoln, Nebraska, that the leadership, the civil rights leadership deemed that Lincoln, Nebraska, not only was worthy, but it was necessary for the, for that visit and that presence to be. That, if, that's if, pretty, if that's pretty remarkable. At,
1: if you look at signs, we had signs that said colored restrooms. Mm. We had segregation. We had Jim Crow. We had the, a, a, a very strong presence in this state of the Ku Klux Klan. Mm. And in Lincoln, we had a presence of the Ku Klux Klan. We had racial housing ordinance on Sheridan Boulevard. So, Again, we had racism, we had segregation. We still experience it, but individual, we, it's really tough sometimes for individuals like, man, it's the good life, and this, that, and the other. And there are a lot of phenomenal things about <laughs> Nebraska. There are a lot of pho- <laughs> yeah, phenomenal yeah, yeah. They're, things, they're, too. Are, right, but but, but, but let's, we have to be real truthful when we have that conversation with our scholars, and we have that conversation amongst all of us, is that there are individuals with privilege, there are individuals that are not experiencing the life in a good way. I, I will share this. I am old enough to have been.
2: Uh, I grew up just outside of Washington mm. D.C. in in Arlington, Virginia. And when you see, uh, as you mentioned, Hoosiers as being a, a reference, <laughs> yep. right? So think back to remember the Titans. Oh yeah. Okay, Coach Boone. Uh huh. So remember that that that's my that's my hometown, mm. and so as that was happening in, in, in 1970, 1971, I was a, I was an elementary student at an all black elementary school who (laughs) there were people that came to my house Hmm. because they had done testing and said, we need to choose these alpha students who are going to be put into this busing program, this brand new busing Hmm. program. So imagine at age at at age eight being sent on a bus to the opposite side of 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 town to an, a predominantly well at the time it was an all white school. And that morning, the very first morning, uh, there were six kids who got on the bus in the dark, mm-hmm. rolled to the other side of the county. When I arrived at my school. And to give you some point of reference, Stonewall Jackson Elementary. Wow! Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. The name right. Up. Right. Yeah. You, you, that there were there was a a collection of parents mm-hmm. waiting for me with my name on signs. That I didn't. They didn't know me. They didn't know me. So to go through busing at the, 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 at that level, right. in that space, and then to have it spoken of with you know the i have a dream speech well one of the first school trips that we took was to that space to go and stand where the speech was given so that we understood why the speech was given Mm -hmm. what you're doing now is collecting connecting people to the past in a way that's real to them right And that's how the story will be told going forward. Like, that's the beautiful part of this thing. We'll throw it to break. Again, a special edition of One on One. Peter Ferguson is is, is my guest. Again, the rally is Monday. We'll talk more about the rally. But we will continually talk about the mission and the purpose and the reason behind all of this. We will do that on 93.7 The Ticket.
1: Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store. You're listening to One-on-One with DP on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun...